morning, everybody, and welcome into That Movie Show, presented by Showcase Cinemas, right here on North Shore 104.9. Mike Went and Eddie McCabe taking through another week of movies. Eddie, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, and it's a great day for movies. It is a very special day for movies indeed, because it's the Oscars tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, man, I remember actually living in Los Angeles, right behind the Kodak Theater. Oh, and, you were in the good neighborhood, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was in the real good neighborhood. <laughs> and it was so funny. I remember having to argue with a police officer because I was like, hey, I I need to get my groceries back to my house. I live right there. He's like, you got to go like up and around and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I live right there. That's where I live. He's like, show me some identification. And it's just like, it's temporary housing. Te- my ID is for like, Boston. I don't, like. I can't. I don't know. What do you want from me, man? I want to go to that crack den that's across the street. See, but had you taken a limo to the grocery store, you would have been fine. You would have been fine. You. Absolutely it's also fine. really funny how close the stars of Hollywood are on Hollywood's Biggest Night to a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Basking in the glow of a Seven Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, it's Hollywood. I'm gonna pick up my Oscar in a Slurpee. Let's get out of here. Uh, but yes, tomorrow night is the 92nd Annual Academy Awards. Uh, it's taking place uh, around, what did it start, like 6.15-ish, I think? Yeah. Yeah, that's their time. It's about, it's about 8 o'clock our time. Okay, yeah. fine. I was reading live. It said Pacific, but it said at the end. That's yeah. fine. Moving yeah, on. you started saying the numbers and then faux pod and realized. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Uh, the important thing is we are actually streaming on our Facebook page as well. Facebook.com slash That Movie Show TV, which once this show ends on the radio at 930, jump over to our Facebook because we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to look back at the last 10 years of Best Picture and give you our opinions on which ones are actually the most rewatchable Best Picture nominees. But... Yeah. Tomorrow being the Academy Awards, let's jump in to the categories. Eddie, are you ready? I'm born ready. Born ready. Uh, let's start with born best ready, adapted Eddie. screenplay. Uh, we're not going to run down like all the categories because it's only a half hour show. Um, and you but don't we're gonna, care about the Seastress yeah. Award. Well, that's just it. It's like film geeks like Eddie and myself. Yeah. We care about stuff like the best animator or the best foreign or the animated short films or the documentaries. But we understand that you all like the quote-unquote important category. So that's what we're going to cover for you. We're doing it for you all. Uh, The people. Uh, Best adapted screenplay. Uh, The Irishman. Steve Zellane, based on the book I Hear You Paint Houses. Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi. I'm not going to read all the based on things. It's way too many yeah. words. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Taika Watiti. Joker by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Uh, Little Women, Greta Gerwig. And The Two Popes, Anthony McCartan. Eddie, who you got? So, uh, first off, I always find adapted screenplay and original screenplay to have the same type of like maddening division that like the Golden Globes has when it comes to like comedy and stuff. And it's just like, hey, how did how did Joker get an adapted screenplay when it was an original story based on a character? Why it was uh, because adapted- it actually it actually says based on characters. <laughs> Create yeah, but it's just like that's yeah. that feels weird. That mm-hmm. like that's nonsensical. But I, I bet Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry Robinson don't think it's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's I, who created Joker. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, again, I just think it's just a different sort of because like by the same logic. 1917 on the other side yeah. is based off of San Mendez's grandfather's stories. True. So True. by the same logic, yeah, this guy actually existed and it's a based on his accounts. So how is that not adapted? But the idea of the Joker is <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad about this movie. I, I don't know. I I'm don't mad. know. He's, you're already getting hot. It's the first category. Joker wasn't good. <laughs> Joker wasn't a good movie, okay. and I don't, and I didn't like it. Agree to disagree. Uh, who do you got in the category, though? Uh, I think that the Irishman is going to to take it. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. I think. Oh, hmm. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I would love the Irishman to win. I love the movie. Uh, I just feel that it hasn't been doing anything at these yeah. awards. Anything hasn't been picking up anything at the awards. It got like what? Uh, Best cast for the SAG Awards. That was about it. Um, I would lean. 
I think a surprise would be Little Women. I think so too. Uh, you know, I, it's it's a tried and true tale based on a novel, and everybody yeah. that's seen it likes it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you on it. But yeah, I, I think I think Little Women could be a surprise hit. But I think Joker might get it again. <laughs> I'm I'm going like. I would like to see Little Women because I would like to see Greta Gerwig win an Oscar. Uh, but I, my gut tells me Joker's going to win it. See, the problem with Joker is is there's no direction. F- like, it wasn't written eloquently into the screenplay that, oh, dance like weird on the stairs, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're talking about the adapted screenplay, you have to kind of talk about the nuances or like screenplays in general you have to talk about how this movie looks on paper sure right and something like joker you know being weird and dancey is not written into the script the like the scene is but it's not detailed in the type of like impactful way that the movie showcases it where i do think that the irishman does lend itself to something like that or the women I, i i would love to see the irishman win I absolutely would love to see the Irishman win. Uh, and yeah, okay. I, I mean, you convinced me, but you didn't have to convince me because I was thinking in the same way, but I was thinking, uh, what's my gut say? Who's actually going to win? And I mean, this is just the year that Joker's the, the movie to beat. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Best original screenplay. Knives Out, Ryan Johnson. Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach. 1917, Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Kangs. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite, Bo John Ho, and Han Jin Won. Yeah, uh, so I would have to, I would love for Knives Out to win. I loved that movie. I know it was fun. It twisted. It turned. Uh, I don't think it has a shot, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, just because of the other heavy hitters in this. Yeah. You know, kind of like what I just said, Marriage Story. It's a very, very dialogue-driven movie. And right. so, yeah, screenplay, dialogue, like it's all out there. Uh, 1917, I think, is kind of in the same boat as Knives Out, just because what's really kind of cool about that movie, there aren't so much. It's not it's not in necessarily the writing that makes that movie powerful. It's the way it's filmed. It's the performance. It's the direction. Right. It's the cinematography. Right. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, first of all, everybody loves Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's his to lose because of that fact. I mean, he, you got to beat the champ. You know what yep. I mean? If you want to be the champ. Yep. And the only person that kind of has an option is Parasite. I think that Parasite is the one that will win all of these type of awards but not close the deal. Here's, here's my feeling. I, I, again, I'm going to go with what I want and then what, I, what my gut tells me. Uh, and I feel that this is a fight between Tarantino and Parasite. Uh, and whoever wins best original screenplay, the other one is going to get best director. Right. Is what I feel. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say Tarantino gets screenplay. Yeah. You're uh, probably I'm, I'm gonna go right. With, I'm going to go with Tarantino on a screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we want to thank our presenting sponsors, Showcase Cinemas. They present that movie show right here on North Shore 1049. You should head over to ShowcaseSubscribe.com, get you a subscription to Showcase Subscribe. Plans start as low as $11.95 per month, and you can pick the plan for you. Individual, group, you can gift the plan. It is fantastic. You want to go out, everybody's like, it's around award season. We got to go out and see all the best picture nominees. Get Showcase Subscribe, and you can do that very easily. You can get advanced tickets. You can pick your seats. It is the easiest way to see movies. Showcase Subscribe. Thank you, Showcase Cinemas presenting that movie show right here on North Shore 1049. And again, stick around at the end of the show. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TV, because Eddie and I will be continuing our discussion on the Oscars. We'll be checking out the last 10 years of Best Picture nominees and deciding what was the most rewatchable of Best Picture nominees. Uh, moving on to Best Supporting Actress. We have Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. Yeah, I already, you know, this is where the Jojo Rabbit love kind of starts for me. Yep. Um, Scarlett Johansson, I absolutely loved her. I'm pulling hard for her, even though kind of like Knives Out, I don't expect her to walk away with this. Right. Um, you're talking about a character 
that had to have a lot of depth, right? You had the character had to deal with the reality of World War II and Nazi occupied Germany, right? uh, While also trying to, you know, educate her son and like put up appearances. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. It was so complex. It was so emotional. It was, she did a really, really good job. Um, but I do think that Laura Dern just kind of, it's hers to lose. Yep. I agree a hundred percent with literally everything you just said. Uh, and next week on our podcast, which if you go to thatmovieshow.net, you can get the archives, you can subscribe to the audio channel. On the podcast, Eddie and I will be covering Jojo Rabbit in detail. Uh, but yeah, I think it's Laura Dern's award to yeah. lose at this point. So Laura Dern for Marriage Story, despite the heart going with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Side topic, have you seen Bombshell? I started watching it, but I, I'm going to finish it later tonight. Okay, because that, that's one I haven't caught yet, and I, I really want to watch that. Yeah. Uh, best Supporting Actor, Tom uh, Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and this one, but right off the bat, I, I feel he needs to be disqualified for this. He's yeah. literally playing Mr. Rogers in the Mr. Rogers biopic, and he's been nominated for Supporting Actor yeah. all year. I'm calling a major BS on this one. Yeah. Just, I mean, sure. I love Tom Hanks. He, he's, he's literally um, America's sweetheart, but disqualifying. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, the two popes, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for the Irishman and Brad Pitt for once upon a time in Hollywood. You know, so much to my surprise, I do think that Brad Pitt is going to continue his romp through the awards. Yep. That movie. He is so good in that movie. Yes. He and is. It's crazy. Because the more times I watch it and the more times I think about it, the more I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's I rewatched bananas. it for the fourth time the other night, like two nights ago. And yes, it's one of those movies that because I, I liked it when I left the theater and me yeah. and my brother had went to see it and we had the same reaction. When we came out. We're both diehard Tarantino guys, but we're like, I liked it. I just don't know why. Right. And and upon sitting with it at home, and like I said, rewatching it, I've rewatched it three times now. I bought it on Blu-ray, I've rewatched it three times. It's just one of those things, the little nuances you pick up throughout the movie. It is such a good story and a well acted story. And honestly, I could see I could see Brad Pitt accepting speeches till I'm blue in the yeah. face. He's been he's been crushing it. Absolutely. You know, the other thing about it too is <laughs> like the reaction I had because I had a very similar to reaction to the first time that you saw it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because it subverted expectation. Yeah. I think is what it is because I was looking for the bonkers nonsense that we had gotten at the end of the movie. Right. Well, you, you were looking for, well, honestly, I think everybody walked into it looking for the Manson story. This is right. Quentin Tarantino doing the Manson killings and we did not get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that, but I, uh, again, the, the end of the movie was Tarantino bonkers. And I was expecting that throughout the entire movie. And it was just like, no, this is just a movie about an actor in Hollywood. I just Mm -hmm. happened to do this. And it kind of talks about something that I've always talked about. Quentin Tarantino, where Mm -hmm. he is an a list act, uh, a list director and writer that does be movies, right? (laughs) Like, like that's what his shtick is. And this was the first time that it was like, Oh no, this is going to be the time that I do like a real movie. And it, and I and I just don't think we were ready for it. At least I wasn't. And then, then again, it's like the more I sit and the more I think about it and the more I replay it in my head and the more you know, it's just like, man, I love that movie. Right. I, I agree hundred percent. It's kind uh, of like when I hear he's uh he's gonna be directing five episodes of Bounty Law. Oh the, the, yeah. The TV show that, that Rick Dalton stars in in Once Upon a Time and I'll I'm I think this is going to be his his official branching into being a Netflix director. I hope beyond hope that not only does he do it, but Leonardo DiCaprio signs up and so does Brad Pitt. And we get, and we get like terrible cutting where you can clearly tell that it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, basically do a black dynamite type of thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I think we're both in agreement. Brad Pitt, best supporting actor. Yeah, but I want Joe Pesci to win too. I would love Joe Pesci to win. I want Joe Pesci to win all of these these awards, and he just first of all he's not showing up, which is yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's okay or if it's an indication or whatever, but 
him not showing up and then not winning, it's like, all right, well, I'll take Brad Pitt's acceptance speech. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't shown up for anything, though, so I'm not. Not a thing. Yeah. Not a thing. Um, all right, best actress. Best actress in a motion picture. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo, Arrivo and Harriet. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Shersha Ronan in Little Women. Charlize Theron in Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger, Judy. Hmm. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, Renee Zellweger kind of came out of left field with Judy. Very surprising, and she's cleaning up as well. And she kind of crushed it, you know what I mean? And so kind of like what we looked at with El, uh, La La Land yeah. uh, a few years ago, where it's like, it's a Hollywood movie about Hollywood and the Hollywood Award. So I kind of feel like Judy Garland Judy Garland is one of those like Babe Ruth-esque figures yeah. in Hollywood. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Renee Zellweger, Renee Zellweger, who did crush it, yes. wins this award. Uh, if it's not Renee Zellweger, because I agree as well, I think Renee's going to get the award. Uh, who would you go with? Uh, so I can never pronounce her first name. Shersha Ronan? Shersha Ronan. Little Women, huh? Yeah. You know, I think it's fun. It had a different tone than the one with, um, what's her name in it? But the older. Uh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, the that older Little Women, and ninety two something like that, and this movie was fun. It was more fun than I thought it would be. Um, And wasn't it filmed around here? Am I mistaken? It was okay. Yeah, all right. The New England area. The New England area. Uh, Best actor in a motion picture: Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory; Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood; Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, and Jonathan Price, the two popes. Do we have to say it? Uh, I'm going to root so hard for Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not funny. Um, I would love it, but do we have to say it? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is winning this award. I Yes. And he's going to give a weird speech that's kind of charming, but also very awkward. Yeah. I mean, here's the reason why it should be Leonardo DiCaprio. Because there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A Lancer scene. Yes. That yeah. I forgot what movie I was watching. I was so engrossed in the story that was being told in the film within the film I was watching. Right. That when he broke character, it was so jarring that I was like, oh my God, I'm not watching this weird Western with Leonardo DiCaprio. That I was like, I was on board with. This right. is a scene in the middle of this TV show. Right. Like there's zero context as to what's happening in the rest of this TV show. And I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll figure the rest of it out. I just want to see Leonardo DiCaprio be this like bandito or whatever. Whereas the flip side is, is that Caleb DiCatu. Yeah. Where Joaquin (laughs) Phoenix to me did something that uh, I just can't stand in these type of method actors Mm. where it's like, I'm acting. Look at how well I'm acting. (laughs) I'm doing so well and so tormented on the inside. Look at me. I'm fantastic at this. And it's just like, you didn't give me the Joker stuff that I wanted. And <laughs> and uh, and you killed the Waynes again. And you killed the Waynes again. Which, if you listened to last week's podcast, you would know that really this is all it boils down to. I've lost it. They've killed the Waynes too many times. And I just can't stand it anymore. The DC bus to crazy town has left and Eddie is driving. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It would be a better Joker movie than the Joker movie. Every eighth of a mile, we kill the Waynes again. (laughs) Yeah, that's some, that is, that is my personal hell. That's my personal hell is that I'm on a Greyhound bus from LA to Las Vegas. And the only video that we have and the only entertainment we have is Scenes in which the Waynes die in different media. On a loop. On a loop. Every scene of the Wayne parents' death on a loop. (laughs) In every medium that we've ever had. Oh, man, that'd be wonderful. (laughs) And uh, and uh, Pain and Glory, have you seen it? No. Anything about it? No, I haven't either. No, I want it to be Pain and Gain. (laughs) I I do, too. Every single time. Where's Rock the Dwayne Johnson getting his Pain and Gain respect? (laughs) I know. I know. God. I want to try his tequila so bad. Uh, I agree. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to win, but I'd love to see Leonardo DiCaprio. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is the better actor in, in this category here. Um, and of course, we got to thank Showcase Cinemas for presenting that movie show here 
on North Shore 1049. Of course, showcase, subscribe. You know about it. We've talked about it. You should have it by now. It's the best way to see movies. Plans start as low as $11.95 a month. Go to showcasesubscribe.com right now, and you can get advanced tickets. I've had my tickets to Birds of Prey for a week. I'm going tomorrow to see it. Uh, if you go to our website, thatmovieshow.net, we actually covered Suicide Squad. We talked a bit about Birds of Prey. Eddie explained the, some of the characters and the weird DC universe. It's a lot of fun. So go to showcasesubscribe.com, get Showcase Subscribe, so you can see movies more easier a month. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, you, you really, I, yeah, you know, you it was real rocky in the beginning, but you really, smoothed, you really smoothed it out at the end. <laughs> that, that stunk. Uh, go to ShowcaseSubscribe.com. Thanks to Showcase Cinemas for presenting that movie show here on North Shore 1049. And uh, jump over to our Facebook page as soon as this show ends on North Shore 1049 because we're going to be continuing our Oscar talk. It's Facebook.com slash That Movie Show TV. Uh, best Director, Eddie. Yeah. We have Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, Todd Phillips, The Joker, just Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bo Joon-ho, Parasite. Yeah, so uh, Sam Mendes deserves this award. Yeah. Um, that movie is so impressive. That movie, gra- it, like, it's a longer movie, and it grabs you like by the throat in the beginning and it just doesn't let go. Like that movie starts and it just goes. Yeah. And then the movie's over and it just ends and it's awesome from start to finish. And it's cool. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like what they did with Birdman where they try to portray the whole movie as one long take, which is pretty neat. And they Um, crushed it. I yeah. absolutely loved it as a filmmaker that kind of knew that going in. Yeah. I'm like sitting there the whole time being like, Hey, when are they doing it? What are they doing? Like, where are the, where you just kept natural... looking for the cuts. Yeah. I'm like looking for the natural edit points. And those, like, even with that, those scenes are long, yeah. you know, like they're, they're long scenes. And it's like, wow, that shows you that Sam Mendes as a director is really crushing it. Yeah. Because being able to just have these long tracking shots is impressive. Now, when I tell you we we all know Todd Phillips is going to win. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's twisting the knife, twisting. He the killed knife. the Waynes. I have no respect for you. Uh, and Joker of, uh... didn't kill the Waynes. Arthur Fleck did not kill the Waynes, and that is what that movie was building to the entire time. Todd Phillips, you get Neff. You get that. You you lose. Good day, sir. Uh, speaking of the the one long take thing, I completely missed it when I've all four times I watched the movie, I completely missed it until I saw something on YouTube. The uh, Bruce Lee scene with Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a, a four minute continuous take. Yeah, it it goes from the moment that scene starts right until Brad Pitt throws Bruce Lee into a car, and that's the cut. Yeah, and watching it back, I'm like. Oh yeah, that is masterfully done with a with a crane and a steady cam and like they really rocked that. It was a great great scene. Yeah, it's uh, so but I agree, Sam Mendes. Uh, he absolutely deserves deserves it. Uh, however, I think if the 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 surprise winner is going to be uh, Bon Joon Ho. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk Parasite. about. Parasite. Parasite. Oh baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That movie delivers delivers. That movie delivers. It's people funny. need to get over the subtitles and watch the movie. Yeah, it's funny. It's dark. It's it's good. It's a good movie. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, and we are at best picture with about uh, what five minutes to go here on the show. Nice timing, Mike. You're welcome. <laughs> just patting myself on the back here for a yeah. second. Just don't break. Uh, yeah. So we got best picture: Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker. Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Eddie? Yeah, so I think Parasite might actually do it. Um, I think that, the, you know, I it's it's tough because when we're going to talk about best pictures of the last, like, 10 years uh, yes. when we jump over to Facebook. And I'm going to kind of talk about how social constructs kind of like pushed movies that were really close 
Like yeah. these two movies were really, really close. Um, I'm looking at it right now, so I'll, I'll just bring up this one. Sure. Avatar was leading in every category in 2009 to yep. be the best picture, right? But then Hurt Locker was topical about post-traumatic stress and like the war over in the Middle East. And at the time that was like really like topical. So right. it ends up getting pushed over because of those factors that are not necessarily movie related. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I feel about parasite. I'm not saying parasite isn't deserving because it definitely is, but right. I do think that it's, if it's close between 1917 and parasite, the Academy is going to go for history mm-hmm. over the technically better movie. Right. So do you think it's, uh, those are the two dogs in the race, I 1917 do. and parasite. I do. They're definitely my two dogs in the race. Uh, Despite you really wanting Jojo Rabbit to come in in a sneak attack. (laughs) Jojo Rabbit might be my favorite movie, but if I put my analytical filmmaker hat on, the technically better movie is 1917. And it's... I I agree. Uh, I agree it's between Parasite and 1917. Uh, It's one of those weird things, though, because you you look at stuff like The Irishman, and The Irishman winning nothing throughout award season is mind-boggling absolutely mind-boggling i'm not saying it's the greatest movie i've ever seen but i'm saying it's one of those movies that is made for award season right i do still think that its runtime is its detriment because if that movie clocked in at two hours but academy voters don't care Right, but I, I think from a pacing standpoint, like an actual film pacing standpoint, yeah. the movie would have been tighter and it would have had more punch. And because it had more punch, I think it would have delivered in the the like the Oscar, or maybe not necessarily the Oscar, but in the award categories more. That makes some sense. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's so weird. And even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, again, it's like Quentin Tarantino makes movies, he gets awards. That's what he gets. Yeah. Um, but again, it's a lot of long movies, though. Yeah, I mean, a lot yeah, of these movies yeah. are just long, and and I'm fine with it because, you know, they're telling me a good story. Some people are really just uh, like the new thing now is to get turned off by runtimes, and I, I'm right. I've never been in that camp. Like no. even even last night, I watched the three hour director's cut of Doctor Sleep. I didn't need to. I could have watched the two and a half hour theatrical cut, but it was really enjoyable. It didn't feel long. It didn't feel bloated. They told me a good story. Yeah. I'm in for the ride. I know how long this is when I sit down. We also joke about it on this show often with the way the director intended, right? But it's like, yeah, I like those longer flushed out versions because it's like, yeah, sometimes you get movies like The Town where we added scenes and it was just like, oh, yeah, no, it isn't better because we had this extra scene that flushed out why you were going to go beat up this guy. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the difference between extended cut and director's cut. Right. Which is you always know. a telltale sign. If you look at the DVD or the Blu-ray and it says, this is the extended version. It's like the studio just had a bunch of extra scenes and slapped them on there with, you know, copy yeah. and paste as opposed to like, there was even at the very end of Dr. Sleep, there was like a full screen note from the director thanking everybody. It wasn't, you know, not an after credit scene, but it was like, I actually paused it and read it. And it was very nice how he was like, right. He, he was so happy that the studio supported this cut and made this happen. So, right. Yeah, there is a you- difference. You're a hundred percent right. Uh, yeah. So parasite 1917 are going to be, uh, the two fighting it out for best picture tomorrow night at the 92nd Academy Awards. Can you believe we made it all the way through there ready? I can't believe it, but it's a great day for movies. So I'm glad we did. Thank you for joining us on North shore. One Oh four nine for that movie show presented by showcase cinemas. Eddie, Mike went Eddie McCabe. You can follow us on social media at Mike went at the Eddie McCabe hashtag that movie show and jump over to our Facebook right now. It's facebook.com slash that movie show TV, where we will continue our Oscar discussion, including the last 10 years of best picture nominees. Can't See you wait. next week. Bye everybody. Okay. How was that timing? That was perfect. We oh, we ti- we timed that out perfectly, and now we're on to Facebook. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Facebook. Hello, everybody. Let me find my uh, my, where's my last ten years of Oscars? There uh, we go. See, I was smart and pulled it up. Already. Well, I'm sorry. I got to read the fucking ads. <laughs> yeah, you do, and you crushed it. By the way, Yo, you know what? 
I've made it almost a full year of reading that ad, and this is really the first one I feel I botched to hell. But you know what? I, I recovered. I feel I recovered. I'm going to pat myself uh, on the back again. Good job, yeah. Mike. Good you, job, you, Mike. You, you get do. a sticker. You, you do. You get a gold star, bud. <laughs> Why is my gold star brown? Shut up! Yeah, I bought it at Staples. It was going out of business. They're they're changing names. It's now Staples Connect for some reason. Uh, okay, so for the rest of the show, we're going to be looking at the last 10 years of Best Picture nominees, and Eddie and I are going to dig down and see what we feel the most rewatchable Best Picture nominee was. And most of these, I'm guessing, are not going to be the Best Picture winners. Yeah. Uh, which way do you want to go? Do you want to start at 2009 or you want to end Let's, or, you, or do you want to start last year? Let's do 2009 just because right. my memory of these movies. The, yeah, one, that's what I have in front of me. Two, uh, those are the movies that I have to like think about a little bit more. Right. <laughs> so. All right. So let's jump into it. Uh, by the way, you all should be subscribing to our audio feeds. They are literally on every podcast app uh i just read something that like spotify has like 200 million subscribers you all should be subscribing to that movie show because we're on spotify as well i don't care if you listen just subscribe just subscribe and get our numbers up and uh go to thatmovieshow.net the whole archives are there you can find the audio feed uh the cool thing about the audio feed is you also get the radio show which if you were listening on north shore and you jumped over to facebook hello and welcome god like and comment yeah like comment subscribe Great. Showcase when we set up a Patreon, we'll actually just send us money. So look yeah. forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Just be lucky we're not doing that yet. Not yet. All right. 2009. That was the 82nd yes. Academy Awards. The Best Picture nominees were Up in the Air, Up, I swear to God. Yes. <laughs> a Serious yes. Man, Precious, based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. Go fuck yourself with that title. Inglorious Bastards, An Education, District 9. The Blind Side, Avatar, and Hurt Locker. Now, mind you, 2009 was also the first year they expanded the Best yeah. Picture nominee category from 5 to 10. So, right. Yep. Fun. Uh, so, right away, the movies that kind of jump out to me are Avatar, Up, and Inglorious Bastards. What those jumps are, out to me are a serious man and an education because I don't remember those at all. <laughs> I don't remember an education at all, and a serious man was the Cohen brothers, and I remember I think oh, I avoided this movie like the plague. Because oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think I might have like watched it the day of the Oscars. Yeah. A precious, a based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Uh, I watched once, and yeah. it is definitely one of those movies that. It's heavy, and because it's heavy, I don't want to watch it again. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just heavy, and it's just like, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, no. And and we talked off air. We can bring it up here, uh, and I think we're going to get to Birdman eventually, but fuck these movies with the, 40s, the, the, the subtitle thing. If you're not going to do it like Birds of Prey did it or like Borat did it, just stop it. Yeah, stop sure. it. Like, at least they're having fun with it. Sure. Like the fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. That's fucking funny. Okay. Yeah, right. That's just them adding stuff so that if they do happen to get nominated, they're going to have to say it. You know, right. like when fucking Heidi Klum had to say the Borat title and it's make great memories and educational, informational, the great nation great of Kazakhstan. It's like film, yeah. Yeah. Like an educational movie film of Kazakhstan or some shit. Something nonsensical. But come on. This is just like, ugh, I don't, I don't like when they do that. Like yeah. precious would have been fine. You, you yeah. know damn well everyone's going to call the movie Precious, not Precious based on the novel. Oh, did you see Precious based on the novel by Push? Uh, no! The novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Um, but those are the ones. I mean, Up is one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. Have, I haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet, but I do like that movie a whole heck of a lot. Up in the Air was really good. That was a movie that I was like, oh, this was a fun one. That, that was I the Clooney enjoyed. one, right? That was the Clooney one where he was like Jason always Reitman, traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was good. It was it was pretty good. Inglorious Bastards. I mean, that's that's my pick for this. Yeah. For, for most rewatchable, I'm looking at movies that I've rewatched the most. Right. And I mean, yeah, I would say definitely Inglorious Bastards. It's I mean, so, right. It's just, it's so rewatchable. It, yeah. I mean, the amount of times, <laughs> the, the amount of times every, I get introduced by somebody to another person and I just look at him and go, Bongiorno. Yep. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Yep. Uh, 
or or the the amount of times that I go, somebody goes three, and I go, this this is the German three, <laughs> three glazers. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is not the German three. This is the, so I'd have to agree. I think Inglorious Bastards is the one. I also um, find it funny uh, how few people pick up the reference in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, at least people that I've talked to, uh, when they're running down uh, the movies that Rick made in Italy and the very last one is directed by Antonio Margarete. Yeah. Which was fucking... One, uh, it wasn't Eli Roth, it wasn't Brad Pitt, it was the other guy. Um, I forget his fucking name. No, no. no. He was the guy from De- uh, Death Proof. Yeah. It was Eli Roth's buddy in Death Proof. Yes. I think it's uh, maybe Omar. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking Omar Doom might actually be his name. Okay. Uh, but but he was Antonio Margariti, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that he had that was his name. That was the name. Margarete. No, that was Eli Roth. Eli Roth was Margariti. I was trying to think who did the who sang it. Margariti. Omar was uh Dominic de Coco. Dominic, Dominic de, de Coco. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then uh, uh Golame. <laughs> Golame. <laughs> Uh, I don't speak Italian. I said third mouse. Just shut the fuck up. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just keep your mouth shut. Um, yeah, so I would agree. Inglorious Bastards has to be the most rewatchable from 2009. All right. Uh, yeah, man, I don't think I've watched Avatar, Avatar since it was in the theater. I, it was one of the first fuck. movies I bought on Blu-ray just for spectacle. Same here, but I've never opened it. <laughs> oh, I opened it and watched it. I haven't watched it. It's like a 14-disc set, and I've never watched yeah. the fucker. Uh, 2010, the 83rd Academy Awards. Uh, let's see. Winter's Bone. That sounds sexy. True Grit, Toy Story 3, The Social Network, The Kids Are All Right, Inception, The Fighter, Black Swan, 127 Hours, and The King's Speech. This fucking category is dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's real dark. I mean... the fun watch at all <laughs> yeah because even toy story 3 makes you cry at the end yes! like ugly cry <laughs> uh but i mean the the winner here is definitely inception right, has to be right. i mean that movie's on usa tnt all the time and people i mean just i'd stop say watching. Uh, close second would probably be social network for me yeah see i, I, re- go- I rewatched that earlier this year and it's surprisingly rewatchable yeah, I like Toy Story three out of the you know in the two spot just because yeah. that Lotso hugging bear very fun very fun yeah. villain character. I was actually thinking I was I was in Best Buy the other day and I was, I was picking up actually Doctor Sleep and I'm walking around the, the movie section and the whole section of Disney movies are there and I'm and I'm thinking to myself they've really shot themselves in the foot for physical media because of Disney Plus. Yeah. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I don't have, because, like, I was an avid collect, like, I have all the original animated classics and all that stuff. Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that, but it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. I I think that the net gain, because if you go and buy Sleeping Beauty, they pay you, you paid $30 for it. Right. Right. And now they split that $30 from like the manufacturer, the you know the boxing, all that. Well, stuff. logistically, right? I understand that uh, because it's like, yeah, sure. If you want to buy the DVD, definitely buy the DVD and the Blu-ray. Great, right. I'd love to have you do that. But I would rather have you subscribe to Disney Plus because I get all of your ten dollars for all of time. Yeah. And oh, I, I agree. And and financially, and as a business side of things, I completely understand it. It was just yeah. weird to be walking by, going like, I don't have that one. I don't need that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It. Right. I don't need it. I can I can go home and watch it on my phone like the director intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So okay. So we, Inception was that one. Yeah. 2011, the 84th Academy Awards. One of these years, I'm going to get fucking hired to be that guy. I'm really yeah. trying. Really yeah, you're trying. working on it. I, I got gotcha. you. Trying to pronounce names correctly, uh, not curse too much on the radio show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We got. Let's see. Warhorse, the Tree of Life, Moneyball. Midnight in Paris, Hugo, The Help, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Descendants, and The Artist was the winner. So, out of uh, so, first of all, we haven't been saying which ones won, by the way. Uh, The 2009 Hurt Locker won Best Picture, and 2010 The King's Speech won. This year, The Artist won, 2011. Um, 
all of these like all of these movies are the same level of rewatchable for me. Yeah, they're not. Uh, it, it is not a good movie. It is not a good year. But I, the artist was my favorite movie of this year. I fucking loved me some artist, man. But it's yeah. a silent movie that's not like, hey, you want to come on over, hang out, crack a couple beers, and watch the artist? Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, yeah. <laughs> like, but I loved that fucking movie because because Tree of Life, woof. Oh my God! Yeah, Terrence Malick, we get it. <laughs> and then Steven, yeah, Steven Spielberg and Warhorse. That was nonsense. Martin Scorsese thought he'd do a kids movie for some reason. Uh, the help was help with fine. help. I mean, that, that's 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 not like a. Oh, I'm gonna run out and watch the help. Right. You know? uh, I don't even it's... remember the Descendants. Uh, let me see what the Descendants. All I can think of is the one. Disney Channel original movie. Series. Yeah, it's, it's another cloney one. Yeah, uh, directed by Alexander Payne. Um, I do remember that one. I would say probably Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball or Midnight in Paris. Gotta be Moneyball. I mean, you know, yeah. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill are kind of charming in it, and yeah. it's not directed by Woody Allen. It's true. <laughs> Which Midnight yeah. in Paris? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna agree with you, Moneyball. All right, so Moneyball in that really rough category. Yeah. 2012, 85th. Academy Awards, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Silver Linings Playbook, Lincoln, Life of Pi, Les Miserables, The Django, Django Unchained, uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Amor, and the winner of that year was Argo. Yeah, Argo was such a good movie. It was good. Silver Line Playbook was great. Uh, I, I mean, I watched Zero Dark Thirty I think twice, and it's. It's good, but it's it's heavy. Lincoln's Lincoln. Uh, so uh, Lincoln. Now I can talk about it because it's the same. It's the issue that I have. Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln is the same problem that I have with Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, because Lincoln the entire movie just sets him up to sit in a chair and just uh, like monologue, and it's like. You're just sitting there being like Daniel Day-Lewis, just being like, look at me act as Lincoln. I was dressed as Lincoln for a year and a half, and I drove my wife nuts, and I drove everybody nuts because I had to have them call me Abraham. And it's just (laughs) like, dude, this movie blows. This movie is too long. And you're not like you're just going for the Oscar and that doesn't inherently make it a good movie. I watched it in a like an art house theater with two of my buddies. And at one point, Lincoln sits down and one of the senators just looks at him and he goes, he's doing it again and just leaves. And my buddy stands up and he goes, that's exactly how I feel. (laughs) And that's how I felt. He seems like a nightmare to work with. Yeah. No, like I mean, you you hear stuff about like we we covered uh, Suicide Squad last week on on the podcast, and I read a bunch of stuff looking for any kind of trivia facts or stuff. And Jared Leto was an asshole. Like he was sending like yeah. dead animals and and boxes of shit to the, the different cast members because he was trying to be in character and stuff. Uh, but I mean, I'll I'll take a box of shit in the mail over working with Daniel Day Lewis any day of the week. Like yeah. he just seems like it's like come on, man. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, you're not actually a dead president. Stop it. Right. You know, it's like, like I watched that. Uh, I watched the Jim Carrey Man on the Moon documentary on Netflix. Right. And my overall feeling was, what an asshole. Yeah, because you know who doesn't do stuff like that? Keanu Reeves. You know who we all love? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. I stop your watches. You knew he was getting in here somewhere. You know who doesn't do that? Rick fucking Dalton. <laughs> yeah, Rick Dalton doesn't do that. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't do that shit. Like, I don't I When was the last time, like, he, Leonardo DiCaprio you saw was like, yeah, I had to get mauled by a bear. So I lived with a bear that just mauled me every morning just because I needed to know what that felt like. It's like, right. no, he went in there, turned out a performance, and was just like, no, I'm actually just really good at this. So, Collected his check, hopped back on his yacht with his supermodel girlfriend, and... and... Rode the world with for Kobe a year. McGuire because they're best friends for some reason. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, no, you know what? He Leonardo DiCaprio is a better actor than Daniel Day-Lewis. I agree. Uh, so Django? Yeah, Django. 
Yeah, Beast Django. of the Southern Wild is also really fun, and I but I haven't seen it since 2012. Oh, I, I watched it once, man, and that little girl was charming as hell. What was her name? Covenze Wallace or something? Yeah, and then she was in the like uh, the Annie reboot. <laughs> yeah, she was fantastic in Beast yeah. of the Southern Wild, but but man, yeah, I've watched it once. Uh, I mean, say, say, I mean, Les Mis, come on, we've seen it a million fucking times. We get it, Hugh Jackman, you can sing. Wasn't he in that one? Yeah, that was, that was, that, that was the, his, right? I hated that because the, that movie, they sang on set, so they sang and recorded live. Yeah, and Jackman. it was and Russell, Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. First of all, he was bad. Um, I'm a singer. <laughs> yeah, but you look at that movie, and they locked off every shot that somebody sang. Mm. So it wasn't dynamic at all. And the framing of the uh, I Dreamed a Dream from Anne Hathaway, she was on the wrong side of the frame, and it drives me nuts to this day. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. Fair enough. Technical gripes. Uh, Life of Pi, I don't remember. Life of Pi was the the boy on the boat with Ang Lee and the the tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, Yeah, fuck that. Django. Yeah, Django followed by Silverline's playbook, but but that's uh, even that one has some depression triggers. That I'm not yeah, sure. actually, you know what? Django followed by probably Argo. Yeah, Argo. Probably Argo. I wrote a sketch. Second. I wrote a sketch that I always thought would be really funny, um, okay. where it was. Uh, Luckily, the- we have the po- we have the time on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, so the sketch I wrote is an Argo trailer parody where it is people that are Boston Red Sox fans yeah. during the 04 ALCS, mm-hmm. but they're in New York City. Clever. And, I, like, I like that. I know exactly what you're saying, and I like that. You know, because for those, you know, well, I don't know, because this is the podcast, so people might not be from Boston, but uh, the Red Sox in 2004 during the AL championship game, they were playing the Yankees and they had this like historic comeback in game seven because they were down 3-0 in the series and they came back to win it. But the last home game was in New York. And so the idea is, is that there were Boston Red Sox fans that were trapped in New York City after the Yankees just blew a historic like lead. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Um, okay. 2013, the 86th Oscars. Yes. Uh, this is a little bit more fun of a category. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, Philomena, Nebraska, Her, Gravity, Dallas Buyers Club, Captain Phillips, American Hustle, and the winner was 12 Years of Slave. You know what? I take back. It's a little bit more fun. I saw Wolf of Wall Street, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Shit. Yeah. Nebraska. Gravity. Dallas yeah. Buyers Club. Captain Phillips. Fuck 12 Years of Slave. Come yeah. on. Because <laughs> this is another one. 12 Years of Slave is awesome and is clearly the best movie in this category, yeah. like by leaps and bounds. But I've seen that movie once, and once. I only need to see it once. Once. You know, I mean, oh, God, brutal. Uh, I didn't like American Hustle all that much. I thought that it was classic, um, whatever the hell the director's name David is. David O. Russell. David O. Russell. It was a classic David O. Russell movie where he just has a billion things going on and then basically ties it all together in a montage at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, this was the same as Silver Linings Playbook. This was the same as all of your other ones. I don't No, Thank you. I actually just picked it up on Blu-ray yesterday. It was uh, in the buy one, get one free at Best Buy. I got that and Poetic Justice for $7. Okay. Cool. It's been out since 2013. It took me this long to put it in my library, and I own everything. Yeah. Uh, Uh, The most watchable, first of all, the most memeable is Captain Phillips. (laughs) I am the captain now. Yes. Yes, Um, you're right. but, But the most rewatchable has to be Wolf of Wall Street. It is. I yeah. fucking rewatched it a couple weeks ago. It's it is fun. <laughs> that yeah. movie is just I mean it's 3 fucking hours but man does it take you on a ride. Yeah, my yeah, it's long. You got to strap in, but it's definitely the most rewatchable. My favorite was when uh Tom Phillips uh yeah, not Tom Phillips. Tom Holland uh, when they said that Spider-Man was coming back to the MCU, and oh. it was the scene where uh, where Leonardo DiCaprio is just running around going, "I'm not fucking leaving." Yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. 
That movie is bonkers. And it's so funny because it's a movie about excess that in and of itself is excess. And it's just so nonsensical when they're like, yeah, and this is the plane that's going to get us out of here. And then the plane blows up. It's just like this movie's bananas. It is. um, It's basically like what Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was to acid. This is to cocaine. Yeah, and Quake. neither one of them you can really, despite being based on true shit, you can't really trust the narrator of this story. No, not at all. Because not when the plane all. explodes, you he's literally sitting there in his head narrating, going, "Jesus, did I just see that?" <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, an underrated rewatchable is her. I, I like yeah. her. Yeah, that's a fun movie. It's a good I movie. Uh, okay, so that's 2013. Moving on to 2014, the 87th Academy Awards. Um, man, the Academy Awards has some bummers. Whiplash, Theory of Everything, Selma, The Imitation Game, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Boyhood, American Sniper, and Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Fuck that title. Yeah. Um, Birdman was really good. It was really fun. I really liked it. Uh, oh, Birdman Boyhood. was the winner, by the way. Yeah, Birdman was the winner. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Boyhood. The technical the technical execution of this was really cool. That the was fact the one where he filmed over 13 fucking years. Yeah. Uh, he know? my dick. Well, here's the thing. It's the same as Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. You didn't, you didn't fucking need to do it. Richard Linkletter is the director's version of Daniel Day-Lewis. You didn't yeah. need to do that shit. Yeah. You didn't need to do it, right? Like, Quentin Tarantino has not needed to wait to make Kill Bill Volume 3 because the little girl that played uh, Vivia Fox's daughter Mm -hmm. needed to grow up. Like, we we didn't need to do that. If we just cut to, you know, 10 years later, we all would have got it. You know, If you just recast her, we would get it and forgive you. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't have cared. Um, but I mean, the movie wasn't bad. The movie was interesting. It was fine. Yeah. Not rewatchable at all. But I do think I do like the technical execution just because I do like weird shit like that. But yeah, don't right. ever do this again because it's not a better movie because you made it over 15 years. Exactly. Um, I love Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, it is a fucking gorgeous movie. Yeah, like, well, I can sit Anderson. there and watch that. Yeah, but like, and I like Wes Anderson movies, but this one is like something special. Like watching it, you're just yeah. like, "Fuck, that is beautiful. That's a beautiful shot." Yeah, and it's like you only see shots composed like that in his movies. Right. Nobody yeah. else makes movies like him, and it is, and they're goofy and they're weird, yep. and yep. it's like, yeah, man, fuck yeah. Yep. And Criterion loves him. It's yep. like, yes, yes, yeah. man. Um, my pick for the most watchable is definitely Whiplash. That movie, I was going to say Birdman, but yeah. yeah Whiplash I like Whiplash. I like Whiplash more. I feel like I'd sit down and watch that. Just I watched because... it on a plane and it was edited and I was not happy about it. Yeah, so give it a full shot. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe after I watch Marriage Story, I'll double down with Whiplash. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, double down with Whiplash because you'll get <laughs> Whiplash from Marriage Story. God damn. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I'd go Birdman or Grand Budapest. Uh, I, I think I have to give Whiplash another try, and you're going with Whiplash. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> 2015, the 88th Academy Awards. I think we know who's going to win this one. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Nominees. Room. Not the room. Room. Uh, everybody that... So, like, that was one of the SAG screeners yeah. that I got that year was Room. And... I told everybody here, watch the room because they or watch room, right? Watch because room. yeah, watch room because you're this is the Academy Award version. So won't Brie Larson. Yeah, so won't Brie Larson, and everybody heard about it and wanted it. Didn't and then they, I also they hear about Tommy Wiseau's. <laughs> no, well they didn't, and that's why I told them. But after, definitely watch this movie, The Room. The Room because it's way better. <laughs> you should watch that. And I had so many people mad at me. <laughs> My mom was bullshit. My mom was bullshit. She was like, it took me far longer than it should have to realize that you were playing a joke on me. I was waiting you for this. You made your mom watch Tommy Wiseau's The Room. You animal. Yes. I'm a terrible person. Horrible, sometimes. horrible son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
So the room, not the room, just room. Regular room. Yeah, yeah room. regular room. Uh, the Revenant, The Martian, which apparently is a comedy, Mad Max Fury Road, Brooklyn, Bridge of Spies, The Big Short, and the winner that year was Spotlight. So Spotlight is in this trend, trend kind of like with uh, Bombshells that I don't really enjoy, where yeah. we're like taking current news events yep. and we're dramatizing them. Sure. Uh, you know, like th- we're too, still too close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, especially because Spotlight was about the priest molestation stuff in Boston. Right. And it's like, yeah, man, like maybe it's maybe it's because I knew somebody that like was affected by it directly sure. and like all that sort of nonsense. But it's just like, yeah, I don't need you to tell me what happened. I lived it like four years ago, man. Right. You know, so I, I don't know. Uh, However, like if there show. is any saving grace to it, when they won, we got a close up of Michael Keaton fist pumping and yelling, fuck yeah, into the camera. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's that's helpful. Um, I mean, but, 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 but I mean, rewatchable. Come on, we know what the answer is. The, it is the actual best movie, and the oh, movie yeah. that should have won this. Yes, and that's Mad Max Fury Road. Fucking a, it is. And one of the best things about this year's Oscar, not well, 2015's Oscars, was every time because Mad Max Fury Road won like 15 fucking Oscars, and they were yeah. all on the technical side of things, and they and all of their crew was in like the last fucking row of the theater and every time they were called they'd have to come up and they were all wearing like biker jack it looked like the fucking hell's angels had descended on fucking hollywood and was accepting awards it was amazing and yes mad max fury road should have got best picture that year yeah that was the best movie of the year absolutely Martian is not a comedy yeah and that (laughs) Uh, 2016, 89th Annual Academy Awards. <clears throat> Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> oh, Start yeah. Off, starting off rough. Uh, <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. Lion, La La Land, Hidden Figures, Hell or High Water, Hacksaw Ridge, Fences, Arrival, and the winner that year was Moonlight. Under no controversy. Yes. Under zero Despite controversy, poor Beatty said. <laughs> yeah, under zero controversy, that movie. Um, I mean, I think that this one is also another one that is. Oh God, this is yeah. I'm looking at it. I don't know. I liked La La Land the most. Um, I mean, yeah. If I had to pick what movie, if you, if I'm gonna sit down for a relaxing evening, yeah, and I'm gonna rewatch a movie, it would be La La Land. I yeah. honestly, I loved Hacksaw Ridge though. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge was nice. Um, yeah, it was I never going to win. I'm going to run out to watch a you know Mel Gibson directed war epic, but yeah, about a guy that doesn't want to fire guns. Yeah, but it was really good fucking movie, man. Yeah, but yeah, I think La La Land. Yeah, definitely. I would say La La Land or Hell or High Water. I like that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. 2017, the 90th Oscars. This year, I really liked. Everybody except the one at one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. The Post, Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Get Out, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Call Me By Your Name, and the winner that year was The Shape of Water. Yeah. Uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri was the fucking best movie of the year, in my opinion. It, like I, yeah. I watched that, and I, was, I, I finished it, and I'm like, like I felt that movie and it was like, what, like, how is this not what everyone's talking about? And right. I, and everyone, cause everyone's talking about get out, which is probably the most rewatchable movie of the year. Yeah. Um, and then they were throwing Dunkirk into the conversation, which again, visually and sound Dunkirk is awesome. You hook yeah. it up to your surround system with a big ass TV. You're going to have a fucking day, but man, Three fucking billboards. I was like, I watched it on demand uh, the day before the Oscars and then immediately went out and bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, I saw Dunkirk. I definitely saw Dunkirk the way the director intended on the backseat of an American Airlines flight while I contracted some sort of avian bird flu from China. (laughs) So I actually did see it how he wanted to. I, I saw it at the Somerville Theater in 70 millimeter. That that sounds preposterous. How why would you do that instead of? the back of an American Airlines flight 18 hours from China to Seattle. 
You're right. I'm it's, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're, I made you. a special trip out to Somerville to see it. You made a special trip to China to die. <laughs> yeah. I caught I caught the coronavirus as younger brother. I got the corona light virus. <laughs> but premiere. Yeah, yeah. Uh the uh, most rewatchable movie of this is Get Out. It's definitely Get Out. This is that's I that is to me the best movie. That movie was the best. We even said it uh because we were we were doing the podcast then. Yeah, we were, because I think yeah. this was the first year we did the Oscars on, on a podcast, and uh, we basically kept saying this is going to be the year that Get Out, like, this, 2017 is going to be remembered as the year Get Out lost, Correct. not the year Shape of Water won. Correct. It's like, what beat Get Out it is, is basically what's going to happen, and we're absolutely right, looking yes. back on it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, last year, 2018, 91st Oscars, we had Vice. A Star is Born, Roma, The Favorite, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, Black Panther, and the winner was Green Book. So Green Book was so good. It was. It was. Rewatchable? No. No. Um, The movie that should have won this category, you know what? I'm going to come out. I'm going to say it. Should have been Black Panther. You cowards. That movie was so good. Here's, Here's the thing. Okay, and we talked about this on this show, on the radio show. I've I've said it to him, blue in the face. Black Panther wasn't even the best Marvel movie that. No, no, it wasn't. Okay, it definitely wasn't. And here's and here and I'm glad we're talking about this now and on the podcast, not on the radio show with sponsors and shit. But the fact that Endgame isn't nominated, yeah. tells you exactly why Black yeah. Panther was nominated which is it really has a- nothing to do with infinity war not being released in the fucking whatever God, you said last year yeah, yeah the fucking festivals and bullshit and spoilers yeah. no it was i mean yep. Yep. it was to to make everyone happy is yeah. the best way i can put that you're 100 percent right i'm i'm not saying it shouldn't have got nominated but i'm saying the fact that endgame isn't nominated yes. says volumes about why black panther was nominated yes you're 100 percent um, Black Klansman was also rewatchable. Really funny movie. Um, really good, movie, really well acted movie. Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. I, I don't like you, that. I it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, I just I. Uh, it was one of those things that when I watched it, I just kept saying, "Oh, they're pussying out on us." Yes, completely. Like they're pussying out on a on a fucking Freddie Mercury biopic. Um, I love the favorite. It's definitely not rewatchable. No, Roma. Roma's is- not rewatchable. It's black and white with subtitles. I'm sorry. It was a beautiful movie, but it's just not rewatchable. Vice, I fucking loathed. I hated that movie from start to finish watching it. And I've heard people talk about how they disliked it because of political reasons. No, 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 no. I just didn't like it as a movie. I thought it was trying to be funny, but it was trying too hard to be funny. They were going for weird jokes. It was a weird fucking movie. They kept cutting to the reality thing with the focus yeah. group and it was like fuck this movie all over the place i don't care that christian bale did shoulder exercises to make his neck look like fucking dick cheney's cool bro get fucking makeup yeah you know, right this was yep. the year a star is born is robbed yes plain and simple yeah like for me i know that i personally have probably watched that movie like five times maybe six times right and yeah it was like that was my movie of the year. Um, it's not the most fun, especially towards the end. No, but, but I mean the. I would say a movie like that, with ninety percent of it being enjoyable, rewatchable, without digging too deep into the depression side of it. Yeah, I, I think I think that one, or I, maybe Black Klansman. Well, oh, I'm I, sorry. I keep I keep looking I keep looking past it because I was so angry about Endgame. Black Panther is the most rewatchable. Yeah, movie. it's Black yes, Panther. Yes. Okay. For yeah. for for, the, for what we're doing again, see what happened. I went back a year, and all of a sudden, I'm blinded by a star is born. That's all I want to talk about. Yeah, Black right. Panther. Because because all of the those points are right. Um, especially because it's like, yeah, Black Panther is not the best Marvel movie that year. No, Endgame. I mean, not Endgame. Infinity War, Infinity War comes out a couple months later. Right. You know, and so it's just like, yeah, I think even Thor. Ragnarok was at, was at the end of that year as well. Um. I think you're glitched out a little bit there. What's up? Yeah, you glitched out a little bit. But yeah, Ragnarok oh. was uh, November of that year. 
Yeah, Ragnarok was the November of that year, so it was even in between the two of them. But I mean, basically, you know what I mean? it would be like if they nominated a Marvel movie this year, it would have been Captain Marvel. Yeah, right. It's like okay, cool. For the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> But Black yeah. Panther is definitely the most rewatchable. Get Disney Plus because it's the best streaming service ever. And they confirmed Mandalorian season two. So, yay! Yay! Um, I mean that that that's now it. we're current. We're current. Uh, have you seen all of them? All, all of this of year's the... this year's nominees. I didn't see Ford versus Ferrari because I have I zero interest. I haven't seen. It. I actually want to see it. It looks like a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Damon and uh, Christian Bale actually look look like they play well with each other but uh that's what i'll probably get to when it hits streaming uh, yeah. uh little women i'll probably get to again when it hits yeah. streaming i i told you i'm making a fucking pulled pork fucking pizza and watching marriage story tonight <laughs> <laughs> yikes i'm gonna yikes. be comfort eating my pain tonight um but for rewatchable i think it has to be fucking once upon a time in hollywood for me because i've already rewatched it four times right and it's a three fucking hour long movie yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Not Joker? Not, not Joker. Not Joker. Not just a Wayne Death Joker. God, I'm telling you, that's the that is a circle. That is my personal hell. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be whatever that stupid video game is with Penn and Teller, where yep. you desert bus drive from fucking LA to Vegas and you have to actually drive the bus or you have to start over yep. and it's in real time. And I just have to sit there on that hot Greyhound bus with a bunch of nanas. <laughs> and the only thing that we have is just those stupid monitors that just play every version of the Wayne's dying. <laughs> and then just to fuck with me, there's going to be one where it's Terry McGinnis and it's his dad dying. And he is uh, Batman Beyond. Oh, so you know what? I think I might have to get to editing because that might be next year's Christmas watch along. <laughs> just me progressively losing my mind watching every version of the Waynes die. Yeah, yes. sure. I yeah, sure. Have to do it. Yeah, sure. uh, that'll do it, though. Thank you for joining us on this Oscar special here on That Movie Show. Uh, Mike Went and Eddie McCabe. You can follow us on social media at Mike Went at the Eddie McCabe. Hashtag That Movie Show. The website, thatmovieshow.net, it has the archives, it has the audio feed where you can subscribe, which you can subscribe on any podcast app. You also will get the radio show on Saturday mornings. Facebook page, facebook.com slash thatmovieshowtv, uh, where we post videos, we post uh, all kinds of fun stuff and things. And next week, Eddie, we are doing Jojo Rabbit, so we should be happy then. Yeah, at least I'll be happy then. Jojo Rabbit is up next. See you then. Bye, man. That's Hoobie Valley, Hoobie Hollywood, where any office boy or young mechanic 